right. Well, I'm Chris Avina with another episode of American Outdoor News Podcast. And today we have Mark Bayless, uh, the founder of the Valor Clinic Foundation. Uh, Mark, thanks for, thanks for coming on today. Thank you very much for having me. I appreciate the opportunity. Now, you, uh, God, we know each other a lot of years, don't we? Yeah, yeah. Coming, I'd be getting... I'd be seven or eight now, I guess. It's been a, been a while. Wow. Much longer than that. <laughs> We're getting old. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you know, I always liked what you were about. Um, you, you're a very humble and giving man, and, you know, you, your foundation is amazing. Uh, can you tell me a little bit about your background, you know, your military service? and, and Yeah. I, uh, I was going to college when they – when they uh, captured the Iranian hostages back in the back in 1980, and uh, I dropped out of college, joined the army the day they swore Ronald Reagan in as president, thinking we were going to get our hostages back, and and uh, and it, it uh, the, the comic relief of they let them go on my way <laughs> on my way home from the recruiter station aside uh, while I was in. I, uh, I end up getting married. I think I'm going in for four years. I'm going to get out, go back to school. I got married and stayed the course and did 26 years uh, in a combination of as an infantryman and a, and a special forces operator. So something that started out as a quick, quick stamp turned yeah. into a career. Turned into, yep, turned into a lifetime. 26 years, three months, and eight days, according to my discharge papers. Wow. So you did tours in uh, Desert Storm and... and I, uh, I, I had been to uh, the invasion of Panama. I was part of that and uh, had rotated back to the States to, uh, to an instructor job uh, just before Desert Storm. But I did the initial invasion into Afghanistan in 2001. Uh, the Thunder Run into Baghdad in 2003. I went back for a second tour to Baghdad uh, uh, to finish a tour for a colleague of mine that fell on uh, on Easter in 2004. And uh, so I I, uh, I feel like I stayed plenty busy. I got to go to Cambodia after, after technically after the Vietnam War was over, but while they were still paying hostile fire pay a few times, and. Uh, Got to do a special ops mission in uh, Central Asia at uh, at one point as well. So I I, uh, I had a pretty full career. You got around, that's for sure. And we we always appreciate your service and everything that you gave for us. Uh, so you come home. How did you start the Valor Clinic? What actually uh, well, I, piqued I, uh, your interest to take action? I got I got hurt in Baghdad. And uh, significant enough that ultimately when they realized they can't repair it, they put me out of the service on a medical discharge. Uh, my retirement orders say medically retired for injuries received in combat. And uh, the, uh, but the, the nuance is in the process, they lost my, my uh, they lost all my retirement papers somehow after I'm out. And uh, so, which is, That's which is complicated, <laughs> which is complicated because uh in theory, I didn't qualify for unemployment because I made too much money in my pension and uh, I was getting no pension and uh, assistance from the VA has at that point, it's much improved now, but at that point it had a very long uh, timeline to, uh, to get through the process where you start getting assistance from the VA. So I was in this weird place where I was receiving no income, living off my savings and eventually my savings ran out. 
and the VA was billing me for health care for, for injuries I got in, in service to my country because wow. they said my income was too high because they were using my last years when I was still in the military service income as the threshold and and it was kind of a zoo. But wow. uh, so with that as a backdrop, I had to figure out how to untangle all that. And what, what I learned in the process, I started helping other vets with what I learned. And uh, and that was 2008, 2009 timeframe. I, I can't tell you an exact day, but I can remember my stuff finally resolved on the 23rd of December, 2009. And, uh, and I had started, I had started helping them before that. So I just can't remember exactly when, but uh, people started showing up at my door. It became a word of mouth thing. Hey, go see that sergeant major over there. He'll straighten you out. And uh, and people started showing up at my house at 10 o'clock at night with homeless vets. They pulled out and up from under a bridge that, wow. you know, hey, can you help Bob? And and I have never, at that point, I'd never helped a homeless vet in my life. Yeah. Uh, well, what exactly is it you want me to do for Bob? Well, he's homeless. Can you help him? What do you want me to do for him? <laughs> yeah. And it, it uh, and I just couldn't turn my back on him. And, uh, and it, it, it just started to pick up steam. I'd start calling people and looking around and figuring out what resources were there. And then I'd connect the, the homeless vet to somebody who housed them. And, uh, and that started more chatter, word of mouth advertising, so to speak. And, and, uh, by the middle of 2011, I had been volunteering at a food pantry. I stopped volunteering at the food pantry to do veterans full time and uh, also as a volunteer and uh, put together a board of directors and bylaws and articles, all those things you have to file. And uh, we uh, got our nonprofit status in January of 2012. And uh, I think the official date the IRS uh, recognizes 2000 is the 13th of January 2012. Uh, we, we filed the paperwork on, uh, on the 10th. We mailed it, we mailed it uh, on the 10th of, of January. All the paperwork was officially signed the 10th of January. So we view that as our anniversary, but it was date stamp received by the state corporations bureau on the 13th. And that's what every, the official, the official people recognize. And, uh, and it's been, it's been an adventure. We helped uh, 50 struggling veterans in 2012. You know, that's not a ton. That's, you know, for, for a month. Than most people do. Yeah. And, uh, but in 2019, before COVID hit, we helped uh, 2,798. Wow. That's quite yeah. an increase. <laughs> yes, it is. And uh, so the, the growth curve has been like, it has been, it has been steep. And uh, uh, word of mouth is our strongest ally. Uh, and, uh, we've, uh, in 2014, we opened a homeless shelter in 2012. We immediately, the first thing we started to try to do different was, uh, we started working with innovative doctors to try new approaches for post-traumatic stress issues. And, uh, uh, we finished a two-year internship working with the most effective doctor that we discovered. Uh, God bless her. I love Sylvia, but she is a hippie doctor out there that, that knew nothing about veteran stuff, but she was brilliant on the effects uh, on behavior of trauma based on personality types. Mm -hmm. And she had her own models for personality types and uh, that are remarkably, remarkably insightful. The old hippie doctor, she was nailing it. Uh, she's written a, a series of books, but the one that most applied to us was uh, Don't Bring It to Work. 
and uh, where uh, she she does some discovery things with people dealing with life traumas and how, based on their personality type, the uh, the traumas affected their behavior, the, the protective things people do once once they've been burnt, so to speak, right? And uh, and we learned we learned a great deal about if you can cut down the social conflict for the veterans when they come home, their social struggles like homelessness and uh, suicide wane <laughs> radically. And uh, we we started uh, we started building our own programs. Our recidivism rates are really low from our homeless veterans when they graduate, and our suicide rate from our participating in our veterans unstoppable program is still zero. Uh, Wow. What may be most interesting, and we're you know we started in 2012, so we're 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 a few minutes into it at this point, right? A couple nine years. Now the the uh, the homeless situation in general is really off the charts. Yes, it has is. has the homeless veteran situation grown with that, or uh, it 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 depends it depends where you are. Uh, the, the one of the good news success stories that the country, not just not us specifically, but the country has done well is uh, address the unemployment issue. Uh, they put a lot of incentives in for employers to overlook some of the behaviors that the vets come home with that were getting them fired before. There's incentive for them not to fire them, mm -hmm. and uh, so the, the homeless the, uh, the unemployment numbers are going down. And our experience had been that uh, the social conflict at home was creating a lot of divorce and those same behaviors were creating a lot of social conflict at work, getting them fired. And when they had no job and no family, they ended up in the street under bridges. And so uh, we have worked mostly with the social conflict piece. And uh, the part that may be most interesting to your, uh, to your, uh, to your, uh, Viewers, I guess is the word I'm looking for. I was wanting to say clients, and knew that was the wrong term. Listeners, <laughs> <laughs> listeners, viewers, the uh, readers, the uh, but uh, is uh, that part of what we've done is healthy lifestyle changes and uh, conflict interrupters, right? And so we have taught fly fishing as a conflict interrupter. Wow, and a healthy lifestyle change. So if they're having a social conflict point that's about to escalate to shouting match, fighting, whatever that thing is, instead of uh, getting mad and leaving and going to the bar, grab your stick, go find some water. <clears throat> if the weather's not good for finding your stick and go find some water, here's a fly time vice, and here's the materials and hooks, and here's a class. So if you can't, if you, we only teach them to tie one fly <laughs> because yeah. we don't have a ton of time. But we teach them to cast, we teach them to read water, we take them out fishing, how to set the hook, all that, and uh, how to tie a woolly booger. And uh, <laughs> as something to, no, no, go think. You got all these classes, just disassociate the anger, find something to take your mind off it, think through what you were trying to accomplish, what are you trying to accomplish with that argument, go back and redress it from a perspective that the other person will understand. They do not understand your military approach. Yeah. They don't, and that's part of the conflict point. So try it. Think about how you want to bring the topic up. What's important to you is should be important to the relationship on both sides. But if you present it wrong, conflict, right? And, yeah. And now, the, actually, the the fishing is better yeah. in in bad weather. 
<laughs> you got to figure out a way to get them out there no matter what. <laughs> well, we have, we, uh, we, uh, we do not yet teach archery hunting, but we can, we conduct archery events as a healthy lifestyle change and a chance to get around other vets and do something healthy outside, trying to continue to encourage, uh, to encourage the healthy lifestyle changes under the bar, go out, get some peace and quiet where you got to keep your mind focused and there's not a lot of bombarding distractions or stressors and get out and, and, uh, what your, what your audience will readily identify with how therapeutic the woods and, uh, can be. Mm-hmm. And, yep. uh, and we try to capitalize on that. We have 192 acres in uh, Carbon County, Pennsylvania, where we are currently building retreat lodges and things so we can bring them in for extended periods to do both our veterans unstoppable program, which is, which is really a course in how to, uh, reintegrate to civilian life effectively and manage and manage the emotional scars of war because those are the obvious key piece the ptsd piece well this is a very very important program i i i just want to take a uh a quick break to recognize our sponsors and we'll be right back uh underwood ammo always a standard of excellence um phone scope and power Pony, what a innovative company always coming out with great uh products the phone scope uh, where you can video your hunts, take pictures of your hunts. Pyro Putty is a, another branch of them where they can, it's a fire starter. It, you know, you keep it in your pack. It could be uh, something that saves your life. And of course, Hunt of a Lifetime. Uh, God bless them. Uh, we are going to see a quick commercial from them. We'll be right back. We love our children. We protect them. We guide them. We prepare them for life in the world. With all that we do, from deep in our hearts, we cannot control all things. Life-threatening illnesses and disabilities affect far too many of our children each year. While we cannot change the circumstance, we can make dreams come true. Dreams to provide hope, to provide spiritual healing and strength, to provide moments of happiness and relief in the hardest of times. We can give a glimmer of light and hope in a time of darkness and despair. Join huntofalifetime.org to help make dreams come true, to provide hope for children with life-threatening illnesses and disabilities. Hunt of a Lifetime is a nonprofit organization fulfilling dreams for hunting and fishing trips to youth 21 and under with life-threatening illnesses and disabilities. Visit huntofalifetime.org to learn how you can make a difference. Okay, and we're back. And uh, okay, so the Veterans Unstoppable program. Uh, walk me through the importance of it, how how it benefits, and and um, what kind of results you've seen with it. Well, the results have the results have been amazing. The hippie the hippie doctor has been huge in, in our in the lives of veterans. Um, but uh, uh, it starts. It, it didn't all come from her, but it starts with uh, toxic exposures. Toxic exposures, uh, when you get foreign bodies, the brain works more on uh, chemical reactions than almost any other part of the body. And if, if the brain and the glands, which, which work a lot on that, are being impacted by toxic exposures, think the burn pits, think the depleted uranium. So the toxic exposures are something that they've experienced while they were deployed. In combat. Yep. Yeah. 
And so uh, uh, one of the things, uh, I don't, there's, a, there's a drug called an anti-malaria prophylaxis called mefloquine. Uh, it has another name called larium in some places, but it's been found to be neurotoxic and extended taking it, uh, like our veterans take it all the time while they're deployed, has resulted in atrophy of the brain uh, seizures and some other problems, but uh, some research suggests that uh, it is the suicide drug and the culprit behind high suicide rates for veterans. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we use a we incorporate a book from a doctor named Colbert uh, to do to introduce them to processes they can do with diet and uh, exercise or saunas and things to uh, to help their body uh, amplify its ability to get rid of those toxins. The, uh, we do uh, trigger management and, uh, and stressor IDs, how to avoid and manage those. Uh, we do some personality types and understanding how the different personality types interact with other people. And if you understand your personality type and somebody else's personality type, uh, you, can, you can cut down on the conflicts by understanding, hey, I'm a concrete sequential and that person's an abstract random. They're gonna be thinking like this and I'm talking like that. I can reduce conflict by doing X, right? So the basically um, in a day-to-day, somebody who has not experienced trauma or something uh, traumatic, um, we're not gonna get along with everybody we meet every day, but nope. there is a um, social rationale that keeps you from acting out. Yes, you're absolutely right. And, and it builds if you add, which is where I'm going, I'm, I'm building to, now we have the emotional scars of war in play. And those mm-hmm. affect the behaviors. Uh, people get very abrupt. They get very uh, uncompromising. Oh, no, 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 no. Protective, protective. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing this. Mm-hmm. And, if, and if you can learn to recognize where your aggravating points in your relationships are based on your uh, responses to trauma. So that tolerance is greatly diminished as far as being able to deal absolutely. with certain absolutely. personality types. Yes, absolutely. And so uh, one of the examples we see frequently, it's not an absolute, they don't all have this problem, but a young veteran comes home from war, say a buck sergeant in the infantry. They're used to managing very complex activities, 24 hours a day, attention to detail, lives dependent on it. And they come, so think the 3D, they have to watch for threats in the city, up above them, around them, 360 around them. It's not a battle line where they're in foxhole just facing forward. All they have the senses are heightened. Yeah, they have, to, they have to manage their ammo, their fields of fire, their team, who's watching where, who's doing what. Still keep track of all the people in the street with them, whether patrolling crowded civilian areas and, and maintain communication with the rear. <laughs> They are all in a constantly involving situation and they come home and can't understand why the kids can't pick up the blocks off the floor Mm. or why the spouse can't uh, take care of it, why the dish was left overnight instead of washed. And they become, because we make no mistakes, people die environment for the veterans, right? And they come home to little things that are, okay, it's no big deal. The kid left the blocks on the floor but they don't get their mind around why that's so simple. Why can't you do that, right? Uh-huh. So basically yeah. it's like to, to break yeah. it down into uh, what yeah. an average person would uh, relate to. Would uh, think no big in, deal, in, right? In, in first blood, 
at the end of the movie where he breaks down. He was saying he was um, able to operate million dollar pieces of machinery, drive gunships, and now he can't hold the job uh, washing cars. Did you, read, did you read our course? Because that's the next phase after the emotional scars wow. is, is uh, planning your future. They feel uh, like they don't have direction, like nobody, like nobody understands them. And in and, and a certain amount of loss of control and loss of identity, hey, it was this thing for freedom and now who am I, right? And out here, they don't even understand me. What, they're almost like a lost problem, right? Yep. And uh, it's almost like you read the script here. <laughs> because we, at the last phase, we have them build a life plan with 10 areas of their life, uh, broken down key areas, how they're going to manage their finances, their social relationships, their hobbies, their work, their boom, 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 right? Their health. Mm -hmm. 10 areas i'm not i'm not going to read the whole life plan here but you get the general idea yeah absolutely. And, uh, three goals in each of the 10 areas plus three main life goals very often we hear buy a house but uh as as the number one one but uh and three tasks to accomplish each goal they they leave with a 90 uh a 99 item test list of of how they're going to manage and go out and live their life differently it's quite a list yeah yes it is and uh in all areas and occasionally one of the areas is spiritual uh and uh occasionally they come up with none there i don't want nothing to do with god i'm not going to do yoga i don't i don't care about buddha i don't care about jesus i don't care about anyone doing nothing but as a rule all the other nine always have and uh, and you would be surprised when they learn to manage the social conflict, they can tone down the effects of their emotional scars on their behavior and get purpose and direction back in their life. Amazing changes. Yep. Amazing changes. There is always a growth curve through across those. Uh, and we teach conflict interrupter. I, I, I can't begin to tell you how happy I am. TFO gave us a status where we get fly fishing equipment at what it costs them to make it, which is a great, which is a great enabling tool for us. But we, we, uh, we an example, we recently had a partnership with uh, National Turkey, Wild Turkey Federation came out and taught classes to a team of our vets that are then gonna become our guides to teach other vets, take other vets out turkey hunting, right? Wow. China uh, Unlimited often comes, teaches our vets how to fly fish, we, we actively pursue partnerships to make it better. And uh, this is all part of your outdoor programs. Yes, it is, which is part of our Veterans Unstoppable program. It's the last piece, the last piece in the, in the five steps. Manage the here and now a piece where they're doing some diet changes and things like that. The social conflict, imagine emotional scars, getting purpose and direction in your life, and then the outdoor pieces. Those are the five. And uh, yeah, and we're currently just coming out of the engineering phase of, uh, of building a facility just to support, because uh, we currently do them on a, like a day trip basis now because we have no okay. place for them to stay. And when we do the counseling, the Veterans Unstoppable uh, classroom, first four phases, uh, we have to rent hotel space and, and contract meals, which is more expensive than we would like, like to be. And uh, so we're in a nightmare as well. <laughs> yeah. In fact, I have the, uh, I have the 192 acre map over my shoulder here behind us with some of my notes on it. But uh, we, uh, we hope to break ground this fall 
on the first buildings, which will be like maintenance barn type buildings first. And then uh, back around in the spring, we hope to be building the lodge in the dorm where they're going to stay. And, uh, and uh, yeah, but yeah, but it's, it's, it's been an adventure watching, but, but we're nine years in, nine years in, uh, built our programs with veteran input on what works for veterans. And every single one of the participants is still alive or died of other causes than themselves. And uh, we've had some cancer deaths and, and uh, things, but, uh, but we've not had any, any ticker on life. Well, you know, you've been very successful and dedicated uh, in what you do. Now, I know you've been working um, on a TV show as well. Yes, we have. Valor's Journey Home. What is that going to be called? Valor's Journey Home. And okay. uh, we're trying to blend uh, outdoor activities with uh, messaging. Uh, we don't believe uh, that the social conflict piece will go away unless the, the education, the insight raises on the side of civilians about the veterans and the veterans insight into the way they think different than the civilians is raised on the veterans side, right? So yeah. uh, we hope to work in between the outdoor events, the healthy lifestyle change piece, right? Uh, messaging about a veteran's experiences when they came back and then provide some insight to, hey, if you're dealing with a spouse coming home or a child that came home and you just don't understand them anymore, maybe you think about X because what's normal to them is this. And when they come home, they still think that way and don't realize why. Yeah. So when they're doing X, Y, Z, if you know that it's because of this, maybe you can interrupt any conflict or misunderstanding by saying something like that. And, uh, and so you, uh, you're actually helping them uh, redefine their social cues. Yeah. Which and, are obviously uh, drastically different when you're out in the field oh. versus back in society. Well, and, and, and not, it's not just uh, the field issue, but it, it is. Imagine somebody that's willing to work for less than minimum wage, 24-hour days for a year at a time in 125-degree heat, drinking hot water out of a, a tube hanging on their back while people try to kill them for a purpose, an ideal, a cause bigger than themselves for others that aren't even there. Yeah. Back home to society where it's, eh, it's all good. I ain't working five minutes past five o'clock. <laughs> yeah. I got, I got shit to do. I ain't, do, I ain't doing that. So uh, there is a highly developed sense of responsibility that, that in civilian terms is mega highly developed sense of responsibility. So you bring home the young sergeant or corporal and their perspective on life is when they see something wrong, they're supposed to fix it. So it's not wrong when the fight, firefight starts, right? Yep. We're all working together. Now they come home and they go into the work environment. They're trying to pre-plan so everything's ready for mission in the morning at work when their colleagues are all wanting to go home. Example of a conflict point, right? Yeah. Oh no, I ain't staying. We got to make mission. And I'm yep. and this is messed up. I'm squaring you guys away. And they're going to the boss. I don't work for Bob. Bob's an asshole. Bob's telling me yada, yada, yada. And in Bob's mind, He's doing the right thing. He's doing the right thing. He's straightening everything out, but he's pissing everybody off. Yep. Ends up fired, not because he came late, not because he didn't work harder, not because he wasn't willing to stay late, not because he didn't do a good job, because 
The boss got tired of dealing with everybody he was arguing with all the time. (laughs) It becomes becomes a thing. And if you can help them understand, hey, look, you had to do that before. Yeah. People die if you did. Do you have to do it now? Now, you have a new building that you are under construction with uh, for uh, the general housing. Uh, we have we have a, uh, a facility in Ohio that we're currently still renovating. Our teammates in uh, outside of Newark, I don't know if you're familiar with Newark, Ohio, but uh, outside of Newark and Licking County, great deer hunting country, by the way. The, uh, uh, we're renovating an old school house at the intersection of uh, State Route 586 and 79. It's a big green, it's an old school house that's been empty for some time. And we're in the process of converting it to the... Uh, to be the uh, Kevin Lannan Veteran Sanctuary. Uh, uh, Kevin Lannan was a medic in my platoon in the Ranger Battalion, Second Battalion. He was he was killed in Grenada, and uh, he's originally from Dayton, and uh, uh, not too awful far. And uh, we were honored that uh, we were able to speak with his, his sister Marianne, and uh, she spoke to the rest of the family and gave us the nod that we could name it after him. And uh, that's an honor. Yes, it is. And. Uh, and he was a great guy, one of the funniest guys you ever want to meet in real life. Uh, it was uh, disappointing to lose him. What a, what a great guy. And uh, uh, he was uh, he was killed then when the helicopter was shot down in the raid on Calavigny. And, uh, but, uh, but yeah, we're going to, we do a lot of homeless outreach there now in Ohio, in, uh, in North and Zanesville primarily. We do a little bit into Mount Vernon. But uh but we are we are going to get our facility open here in the not too distant future. It is, uh, and we have some we have some things going where we've been uh, pretty steady doing counseling the Council of Veterans Unstoppable program in North Georgia, and uh, we just did a small class in uh, in Tennessee outside of Fort Campbell. Oh, you've expanded so, tremendously since yeah, we last spoke. Uh, we have we have board members now in uh, in Dallas, Texas, looking to start doing our homeless outreach in Texas. Uh, we have the one in North Georgia where we've been we've been running the uh, Veterans Unstoppable program there. We have some a series of graduates scattered around Tennessee from our Veterans Unstoppable program that have encouraged uh, some of the other veterans in Tennessee and us to come down and do like a mobile force for them. And uh, and we still have two board members in North Carolina that have uh, been a, been, a, been going a little slower than uh, than we'd like, but I think things are going to pick up there as well. And uh, it's been it's been an adventure. It's been an adventure. COVID was really hard on our team in New Jersey. We have been doing really well in New Jersey. And now what we're doing is a holiday meals distribution. Uh, three times a year, we go out and uh, avoid the trigger point of, of missing holidays on days when the enemy likes to attack us. Uh, we don't want the veterans choosing that are financially struggling, choosing between taking their daughter to the dentist we're celebrating the holidays. We make sure they have everything they need to celebrate the holiday. Uh, we, we've done as many as 300 families at a holiday and it's 21 meals a box that goes to the veteran's house. And wow. uh, if you do, if they, they cost about $125 a box, it is a very expensive program, but it's a very, it's a very, uh, it's a very gratifying program when you, when you know the outcomes and, uh, and it's one of the ones our volunteers like the most. So, so how can how can people donate to your program? Uh, well, uh, during during COVID, uh, the best we have uh, we live on grassroots donations. When people aren't working, they're not donating as much. But but uh, 
you know, five bucks, 10 bucks, 20 bucks goes a long way with us. About uh, 90 cents on every dollar that comes to us goes right back to the cause. I have some overhead things I can't change. Or, you know, you do a motorcycle run, you have to, to raise money, you have to buy a pig and, a, and some drinks and yada, yada. I think Everything costs money. Part, but you have to cost, it costs money and it doesn't count as going toward the vets. Yep. But, uh, but we, we, uh, we believe, we believe an average of 90 cents on the dollar is, is good. Our best year, we did 93 cents on the dollar and our worst year, we did 87 cents on the dollar. So right, I call still it, good. I call it, I, I call it, we average 90, but, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's an adventure, but we have a couple things that people don't think about. We give out away about 300,000 clothing items to the homeless in the street every year in an effort to find homeless veterans. Uh, with that as the backdrop, I go through more blue jeans. I go through more blue jeans. I never have them. Uh, waist size 30 to 38 for men, varying heights, but the, but we don't have a lot of really thick uh, homeless vets. We don't. And uh, uh, and women's sizes two, four, six, eight, same type of thing. Uh, you you can't you can't stay you can't stay outdoor like hiking type of shoes. You never have enough. So uh, people can donate clothes, canned goods. Yeah, particularly money. more stew or small things. A V8 splash. We try to deal with the malnutrition problems, and uh, V8 splash those little uh, jars of it. Are, uh, can be consumed in one uh, serving so they don't have to be refrigerated. Okay. They're high nutrient because they're really fruit and vegetable juice. And uh, the uh, and the Dinnymore stew in the 20 ounce cans, uh, it becomes their, their bowl, the pot they cook it in and uh, everything. And it's shallow enough. If you do the tall skinny 16 ounce cans, the bottoms burn because you can't stir the bottom. Yep. The, the shorter, fatter one, they can stir the whole thing and then they can eat the whole can versus throwing half of it away. And, and uh, the challenges of living homeless are, are much different than most would think. If you go camping, you take the stuff you need. Hey, I got this stove, I got that. I'll bring, yep. some, I'll bring some pots and pans. The homeless don't necessarily have that. Uh, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a different way to live. Metal spoons, we, uh, uh, the plastic spoons, we give a, uh, at our homeless outreach events, we call them stand downs. We give out a bag of what's supposed to be nine canned good meals per person. If you put a plastic spoon in there, the cans break it. If mm -hmm. it is fortunate to make it back where they're staying, they have a, when they stick it in them over the fire, <laughs> they have a tendency to plastic has been to catch fire or melt and fold over. So we try to give a metal spoon with every with every with every meal. We don't do forks and knives because eating out of a can, you don't really need a knife, right? Yep, yep. And uh, forks, everything leaks through the, the tines. But uh, but those are those are things we do a lot of. Outdoor shoes, any more 20 ounce cans and uh, uh, blue jeans and uh, V8 splash drinks. Okay, all right. And what's your website, Mark? Uh, www.valorclinic.org. Uh, they could follow us on Facebook at keyword Valor Clinic. Okay. Well, I want to appreciate, uh, appreciate everything you've done for our country and everything you're doing for our veterans. Um, words can't even, you know, thank you enough. It's, it's well, amazing thank, what you do. Thank you for having me, sir. And I appreciate, I appreciate it. We, we got to go fishing one of these days instead of just talking on the phone and 
Well, you know, if you if you have one of your hunts coming up and you need uh, an extra body to help guide, uh, you know, I'm always up to go into the outdoors. So, <laughs> can, I, can I add one thing? We got our next. If there's a veteran watching that would like to go uh, fishing with us, our next fishing event is the 12th of September. Uh, we usually we usually start seven eight in the morning. Uh, uh, is when we start getting everybody together. There's a, there's a lot of social aspect to it. There's people have to cook and breakfast on the grills and lunch and everything. It becomes a and uh, the 13th of October uh, is our is our season's first archery hunt, uh, deer hunt day, and the 13th of November is our uh, second one. So the next three events for this year, uh, healthy lifestyle outdoor events, are the fly fishing on the 12th of September. Uh, archery hunts on the 23rd of October and 13th of November. And these are all we, we would We would love for them to reach out to us through our Facebook page or our website. And are these uh, in Pennsylvania? Yes, they are. In uh, Carbon County, Pennsylvania, the southern boundary of our property is inter the westbound lane Interstate 80. And the, okay. uh, the northern boundary is uh, State Route 940, a little bit east of Whitehaven. All right. Well, uh, you can... Definitely count me in, and well, you know, you know, you can always count on me. <laughs> well, I appreciate you, and uh, I don't know, I don't know if there's anything else you want to ask me. Uh, I think, uh, I think uh, we're going to wrap things up for today. Uh, definitely uh, subscribe to American Outdoor News podcast and magazine, and go to the uh, valorclinic.com. You can make a donation. You can volunteer your services. Uh, help Mark out. He's a, he's a good man. Thanks again and hunt safe. Thank you.